Hey everybody, this is News for Internationals, a podcast original by the University of Hohenheim. Join us for stories for and by international students and tips on how to settle into your new home in Stuttgart faster. So it's Pride Month. Thank you for listening to this special Pride edition of the podcast, maybe I would say. I'm Mayer, use she, they pronouns, and I identify as queer, and I'm here with two really special guests. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Hey everybody, my name is Leon, and I'm a student here, and I'm 24 years old. I use the pronouns he, him, and I am gay. Hey there, I'm Davide. I'm also a student at the university. I'm 21 years old. I'm not sure about my pronouns, but you can just use he, him. And yeah. Leon and I, actually, we are both part of the LGBT community and we are part of a student group, which is called Retro Queer. Uh, it's the yeah, queer student group of Hohenheim and it's a gathering point, a meeting point for queer students of the university, mainly because we think it's so important to have a community and to have a chance for queer people to connect on campus. But actually, we are also more than just a place for queer people to meet and have fun. We also want to spread information about our community. We will, for example, take part in this year's Pride Parade in Stuttgart, the CSD. Also, we offer some workshops every now and then and other initiatives on campus to inform uh, the students and um, employees of Hohenheim about our community. Yeah, and I'm also a member of Re2Queer. And I remember when I was, before I came to Hohenheim, I was looking for student groups and I was so happy to see Re2Queer. And like the Re2Queer WhatsApp group was the first WhatsApp group I joined for oh, the so university. Cute. Yeah, <laughs> I was very <laughs> excited. And it's been lovely being a part of the group. So Leon and Davide, what does Pride Month bring up for you? So for me, Pride Month me really means a lot because I haven't been that confident in my sexuality like for most of my life. The first time I went to a CSD parade and like representing the LGBTQIA plus community of Germany was last year in summer, which is very recently, I think. And since then, or since, yeah, since then, I think I developed a lot or like yeah, I think I developed a lot and I feel way more confident and like this CST parade really gave me, it showed me that there is a place for everybody that I can be socially accepted and I've just felt very safe, which is why I love Pride Month and just those queer parades. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's Pride Month actually and <laughs> I have to say I don't have such a special connection to it as I'm sure a lot of people from our community do. Actually, I have not been able yet to join Pride Parade, but I'm really looking forward to do so this year. But I think Pride Month is really important for one reason, and that's visibility. Because when queer people in your workplace, in church, everywhere, when all of this becomes normal, then I think all of the struggles that queer people sometimes have to go through will become much less of a burden. And that's, I think, the main goal and purpose of Pride Month. Yeah, I think Pride Month is so important for visibility, for people to be just 
potentially excited about who they are, but also I think it's a really important time for people to reflect on what the community has gone through. And so in Germany, and I think a lot of parts of Europe, instead of having or their like pride parades or Christopher Street days, which the reason it's Christopher Street is because of the events that took place in the Stonewall Inn in June in 1969 in New York City. And so the Stonewall Inn was uh, this place where a lot of queer member, queer people could go and gather and celebrate. And it was just this bar that people frequented. And the police actually raided it one evening. And they're arresting people and just generally patronizing and like roughing up the people that were there. And before the community had been kind of passive in terms of like police brutality. But at this point, like people had kind of had enough and there was an uprising. And this uprising or these Stonewall riots occurred for four or five days. And that happened in June. And that's kind of what why June is Pride Month and why we celebrate Christopher Street Day, because it happened on Christopher Street in New York. And I think just thinking about the progress the community has made and how far we still have to go is really important in June. And for me, I just, yeah, I reflect and then I also kind of like look forward to a future that I can envision where people are able to love and be loved regardless of gender identity. So it's an exciting time. I'm also really excited for Christopher Street Day this year. I haven't gone to a pride parade in Germany, so should be good. And so on that note, Leon, how about you give us some history of the LGBTQIA community in Germany? Yes, of course, I can do that. So yeah, I'm going to give some basic information about the, the history of the gay community or the LGBTQIA plus community in Germany. So I think most most persons on earth know that the Holocaust happened in Germany in, 1900, in the 1940s where um, yeah, the Jews were killed in so-called concentration camps. And during that time, gays and lesbians, or just people not identifying as heterosexuals, were also persecuted by the Nazis and put into those concentration camps, or especially gay men. I think gay women weren't persecuted that much, but gay men definitely. And yeah, they were put in those, into those concentration camps as well. And I think everybody knows that Jews were marked with a yellow star on their shoulder. And for gay people or gay men, it was kind of the same. So they didn't get the, the star, but they would get a so-called rosa winkel. That's a German word, which basically means a pink triangle, marking them as a gay person who has to be transported to a concentration camp to work and yeah, to be killed. So very bad time. And yeah, later, finally, the Nazis were defeated. And Germany was split apart into two parts, into the BRD, which is basically West Germany, and the DDR, which is East Germany. And in both of those parts of Germany, gays were still persecuted, especially in the West, west part of Germany, gays were uh, persecuted and convicted just for their sexuality. And this was all based on a very famous paragraph. I think a few, I think it's pretty known in Germany, but not in the world. So it's paragraph 175 of the German constitution. And it is, it was, um, yeah, it was put into the constitution during the establishment of Germany in 1871, so a very long time ago. And yeah, this paragraph 
basically yeah, allowed police officers to convict gays. And during, I think during the 60s in the West, in West Germany, over 50 to 100,000 gay men were convicted and put into jail just based on this paragraph and on based on their sexuality. Yeah, that's crazy, I think. And I didn't really know that until the first time the two of us did this workshop together yeah. uh, one month ago or so. And yeah, that's, I think, yeah, a crazy sort of fun fact, but not really fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'll, I don't think uh, German history teachers are really teaching us that in yeah. school. So I heard of it also the first time when I informed myself about it. Yeah. Yeah, in, in the United States, we talk a lot about World War II and we really focus on the Holocaust. But I remember when I first learned about the Rosa Winkel, I was just me like Googling around and I saw it and I immediately dismissed it. I was like, oh, I saw it on Wikipedia. So I thought maybe somebody was just like playing around and put it in there to, I don't know, I don't know why it was there. And I, I just couldn't believe that it was true. So learning that it was actually a thing from the workshops. I, I remember seeing it and then just dismissed it immediately. And then now because of the workshop, I, I realized it was a very true reality. It was a very harsh reality. Yeah, it's crazy if you think about that. <laughs> yeah, later on in 1989, Germany was reunited. And finally, in 1994, this stupid paragraph was dismissed, which is crazy if you think about it, because it took over 100 years since it was established to finally dismiss it yeah. and that really makes me sad if I think about it because it's not uh, even 30 years ago so yeah after the U reunification or yeah the reunification of Germany things got better eventually so the society was more accepting of LGBTQI members and finally in 2001 there was this right put in place, which is called Lebenspartnerschaftsgesetz, which basically means that you could sign yourself up as yeah, a gay or lesbian couple to get some advantages um, concerning or yeah, concerning taxes and some other stuff in Germany, which is a big step, I think, but it was still not called a marriage. And at the same time, actually, in 2001, the first country in the world, which was the Netherlands, established the marriage for all or gay marriage, which is also called gay marriage. And if you think about that, that Germany was just at a place where they would just put this stupid right into place, which is kinder gay marriage, but not really. Mm -hmm. I think that's really sad, mm -hmm. I think, in comparison to other countries. Yeah, and, but finally in 2017, the marriage for all was established or allowed in Germany, which is a really big step, I think. I really celebrated it that day, if mm -hmm. I remember. I was yeah. still in the closet, but I was <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> so now I want to talk about some very recent topics. The first topic is the donation of blood. I remember it really well back in, I think, 2018. I wanted to um, yeah to donate blood, and I was really shocked when I found out that I was not allowed to, or basically I was allowed to, but the um, the rules for gay men to donate blood in Germany were just really discriminating, because you were only allowed to donate blood if you haven't had sex in the last twelve months, which is crazy if you think about that, because that's that rule is not in place for heterosexuals. 
and it's so it's like only based on the fact that the HIV cases are higher in inside the gay community than with heterosexuals but I think the whether you're allowed to donate blood or not should not be based in general on your sexuality but on the way you live your sexuality so if you have very changing and a lot of sexual partners the risk of catching HIV and transmitting it is way higher than if you're in a monogam gay relationship so I think that's really discriminating. But finally, in 2021, yeah, 2021, it was dismissed. And now we are allowed to donate blood, just as heterosexuals are allowed to donate blood. Yeah, Leon, I think that's a really great point that basing it just on your like sexuality versus maybe your sexual practices and how you practice safer sex, I, I think it is just pure discrimination. So. Exactly, yeah. But things have gotten better, right? So that has been changed, and I think... Yes, exactly, Mary. I think today the rule is that you, yeah, you're allowed to donate blood if you have sex or if you had sex with the same partner the last four months, which is kind of realistic, I think, and it is the same rule for heterosexuals. So we finally reached equality in that point. Another topic which is really important, I think, is adoption. In 2016, it was finally allowed for uh, homosexual couples and for lesbian couples to, yeah, to take care of foster children, but not to adopt children. This was allowed one year later in 2017. But, and there's a big but, there's the so-called successive second adoption rule in Germany, which basically means that only one, yeah, one person of the couple is allowed to adopt the children. And later on, the second one has to adopt it from, yeah, adopt this children. And I don't think, or I'm sure it's not the same rule for heterosexual couples. And this rule is really, um, or is, or this rule is especially discriminating against uh, lesbian couples. Like if you have the if the if you have the situation that one of the women is getting pregnant and gives birth to their biological child, the other woman, so her her wife or something else, she's not right away um, seen as the mother or as the second mother, but she has to go through this through this very bureaucratical mm-hmm. and long term process of successive second adoption and i think that's really like that's really depressed uh, depressing for the second mother yeah 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 i would love it if in germany we could get automatic parenthood on birth certificates for children especially of like of same-sex couples and speaking of kind of the struggles that lesbians go through so there's no legal right to assisted reproduction procedures for lesbian couples such as artificial insemination or in vitro fertilization but they're not really explicitly banned either so the german medical association is against explicit legalization and it directs its members not to perform such procedures but it's not legally binding so they kind of just are like well maybe don't help lesbians get pregnant but also it's not illegal so it's just like this really gray area that Mm -hmm. i would also really like to see that change hopefully hopefully soon (laughs) fingers crossed (laughs) 
in preparing for this episode, I found this really cool map, and it's called the Rainbow Map, and it's found on rainbow-europe.org, and it's a map that analyzes the political tolerance or intolerance of people in the LGBTQIA plus community in Europe, and it kind of compares different countries. So they look at categories and topics such as family, legal gender recognition, intersex bodily autonomy, civil society space, asylum, and hate crime and hate speech. And I know that, you know, Germany does pretty well, especially when we think on a global scale, but in Europe, it doesn't actually rank as high as I expected. Mm. And I know a big part of that is because of hate crime and hate speech and how there's not a lot of protection for the LGBTQIA plus community in regards to hate speech. And a lot of the times, like crime statistics also aren't really gathered on if it's hate speech towards the queer community. And even if it is, it's just like this umbrella term of like, I think it's like sexual orientation, and that doesn't encompass a lot of the other elements of queerness and anti-LGBTQI discrimination. So in the workshop, you also mentioned something about police officers in Germany. Can you tell us about that? Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot that. <laughs> it's a pretty recent topic, actually. I think it was in the news like three or four weeks ago. It's that yeah, before three or four weeks ago, people who identified as trans, inter or non-binary and who, are n who were not re-read as like female or male or who were taking hormones during their transition, they were simply not allowed to work as a police officer just because the police has those stupid or had those stupid rules in place saying that you must have some definite um, female or male characteristics. And this was finally um, yeah, abolished three or four weeks ago. And I was surprised because I didn't even know that this rule was in place. And another topic that was also very recent in the news is that conversion therapies are finally banned for people under age. But, and this is again a very big but and depressing, but it's still allowed for people um, over age, uh, over the legal age, so over 18. So if you're an adult, you are still allowed to go through conversion therapy. And I think it should be abolished totally because it's just like, it's just leading you into depressions and it's not healthy for you. There is no change, like you're born with it. Yeah, and Germany was the first, oh, like the fifth country worldwide to ban it. And I, I do think it is like quite an accomplishment just to ban it for minors, especially. Yeah, that's true. I didn't know it was the, like the only the fifth country yeah, to do so. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, good. I, good I'm Germany. almost proud. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> almost. <laughs> Keyword almost. Right. So I think now maybe we can talk about our experiences being queer in Germany. And I can start. So I feel really safe being queer in Germany. I don't always want to be visible but at the same time like I don't think it's something that I really have to hide or feel like shame over. I do notice that when I'm with other AFAB and AFAB means assigned female at birth partners that I will get more looks or I've had some little like snickerings and I've had you know experienced gay erasure where people see me and my partner and they say are you sisters and just assume we're sisters, even if we're holding hands, like staring into each other's eyes, people just ask, are you cousins? Are you sisters? Are you friends? So I experienced that. And I've also experienced people making jokes um, about the queer community when they realize I'm queer, or if I have a queer identifier, like a rainbow flag, or I have a sticker that says, who all is gay here? 
And I've noticed people just start talking about the queer community and making jokes. And I, I don't feel threatened by it, but it is kind of disappointing. Yeah, but again, I'm, I'm happy to be out and I feel like I can be out and live my life as I want to here in Germany. And especially like we live in a city and I know it's kind of different in more rural parts of Germany, but I have been able to find a community here in Stuttgart. So that, that's also really incredible for me. Uh, Leon, how's your experience been? Mm. Like in total, I would say pretty good. So I was accepted right away by my family and by my friends, but I didn't expect anything else, to be honest. So I wasn't surprised. They were surprised, but I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, but I think it has something to do with the bubble you're living in or you're like yeah. moving in. Because like when I remembered like two years ago when I was shopping with my boyfriend at that time I was just putting my arms my arm around him and like we could be we could have been brothers but we still got so angry looks and somebody mm -hmm. screamed faggot at us mm -hmm. and I think that's really that wasn't nice and I was really shook by that but overall I think this this was only a one time where I experienced some kind of harassing because of my sexuality but overall I think the situations The situation for yeah LGBTQI people in Germany is pretty good, especially in comparison to other countries. Yeah. But like as you mentioned, Mayor, there are still people joking about the LGBTQI community and mm -hmm. using using words from our community as like gay and faggot as insults, mm -hmm. especially in school. I experienced that a lot, mm -hmm. which is why I wasn't able or wasn't willing to come out there. Uh, back then yeah but yeah i think if you're like studying in germany the situation is pretty good because you're around a lot of very woke people <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and there are still hate crimes that occur so in 2020 782 hate crimes against the community were reported and it's also kind of difficult because a lot of the times this information on if it's a hate crime or not isn't really recorded um And there's actually been an increase in hate crimes from 2019 to 2020. But again, I think it is, it's so dependent on where you live. And I think for the majority of LGBTQ plus people, you can hopefully find a space where you're safe in, in Germany. And some cities, it also depends, yeah, like what city you live in. Exactly. Kern, Kern, like 10% of Kern is queer. I was <laughs> like, what? That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it depends on the city and yeah. like where you live and mm -hmm. what people you are surrounded by. Yeah, yeah. Davide, how's your experience been? Uh, my experience as a gay person here in Germany has actually been really good, I have to say. Nice. I moved back to Germany from Italy uh, about two years ago. And I've never experienced active discrimination or harassment or hate crimes of any kind. So I think I'm kind of lucky there. Maybe it's also because I look th so threatening. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. <laughs> no, but um, when I was still in Italy, I was still in the closet. And there I also was not directly discriminated for my sexuality. But I think that's mainly because I was still in the closet. But I got a lot of indirect messages or talking behind my back from other people and that was 
kind of yeah negative of course it, it impacted me in a negative way i was feeling so insecure about my sexuality but i have to say here in germany this is not the case anymore also for sure because i am proud about my identity and i don't hide it just the same way as you say and i think that also makes a lot when you're proud and self-confident about something then people will also respect you more that's why my experience here has been really good as a queer person yeah thank you davide for sharing that thank you leon as you all can hear the lgbtqia community is really vibrant and goes through a lot of different experiences and it's constantly changing and Even like with the acronym itself, 10 years ago, it was just LGBT, then LGBTQ, LGBTQIA+. So it's constantly evolving, and I'm excited for the future of the queer community. And I'm wondering, what do you hope to see in Germany in the next coming years for the community? I would like to see a queer football player, especially. Yeah. I know there's never been like oh, an openly true. out German football player. There has been one, but after he <gasps> ended his career. After yes, he ended yes. his career, yes. That's yeah. something I, would, I really would love to see in the next coming years. That's Thomas Hitzelsberger, by the way. Oh, <laughs> Google him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I would like to see is that being queer becomes just like a normal thing for everyone in society mm -hmm. and that you don't have to face the oh's or wow's when you out yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can basically, yeah say the same and connect that to a better education in school mm. to learn like that there are other sexualities and you that you can love who you want to love and then that mm -hmm. you can and how you practice safe sex especially mm -hmm. yeah. because you're only learning that for heterosexual sex yeah i think that's this is one point where germany is really like lacking yeah we actually had an episode about that our Maybe. one of our last episodes was about um, sexual education in germany Yeah, learned a lot. And I'm also hoping for some more. Oh, we'll check it out. Then. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Please listen. <laughs> All right. Would you like to tell us about the upcoming events with 3-2-Queer? So here um, in about two weeks on the 13th of June, we're hosting a TMS, which is a local party here in Hohenheim. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's going to be great. You have to join. Everybody should come because... Yeah, we're gonna present the the LGBTQ, LGBTQIA plus community as good as we can. So there will be a lot of Lady Gaga, Ariana Grande, <laughs> you name it, <laughs> and a lot of rainbow colors, mm -hmm. of course, yeah. and good drinks. So yeah, just yeah. join. We're we're happy to see new faces. Yeah, lots of celebration, and everyone is invited, and everyone's included. You don't have to be queer to join. Of course not. No, you can also not. be a heterosexual supporter. Okay. Ally. <laughs> you can be an ally, yeah. You must, tolerant. <laughs> must be tolerant. <laughs> Anything else coming up? Um, if you're like here on the Dies Academicus or like the Open Door Day, which mm -hmm. is one day later, so the first and the second of July. So at those days, we also have a stand where we sell rainbow cake, <laughs> which is really tasty, I can mm -hmm. tell you. And we just inform about our group. You can get inf information about our group at that stand. And yeah, if you want to meet us, you can just come to our stand and talk with us. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll also be linking um, Ritu Queer's information. Maybe people can like the Instagram page and join the WhatsApp group. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. It's been really wonderful. 
Thank you for the invitation. Thanks for yeah. Thanks to you too, Mayor. And I think we have to thank Radip as well. Yeah. For thank being you, so Radip. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And thank you for listening. And happy Pride. Happy Pride. Happy See you Pride. soon, guys. <laughs>